Dragi ljubitelji, gledatelji i slučatelji podcasta između redaka, dobrodošli u našu najnoviju epizodu. Ono što sam napomenula u prethodnoj epizodi je da ćemo u sljedećih nekoliko epizoda imati isključivo autore. A ono što se do sada nikada nije dogodilo je da u dvije epizode za redom imamo dva inozemna autora. Moj današnji gost nije samo autor, on je i ilustrator. Njegova prekrasna dijela, njegove prekrasne riječi i crteže mogu čitati ljudi u više od 20 zemalja, a s njegovim porukama poistovjetili su se mnogi, i mladi i stari. On je James Norbury. So, hello James. Hello. Thank you for visiting this studio and Croatia. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much and thank you for inviting me. It's a real pleasure. Uh, I always like to ask foreign authors if this is their first time in Croatia, so... Mm, absolutely, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, i mean, it, it's not really the nicest season to visit Croatia, but still, I think that you'll enjoy yourself. It's, it's actually, where I'm from, it's just re- very, very rainy and very wet. So. Okay, and where is that? Uh, I know that you're from the UK. Yeah, I live in um, a town called, it's a city called Swansea, mm-hmm. which is in South Wales. Okay, how many people are there? I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I don't know the population, but um, it's a fairly it's a fairly busy city. It's reasonably sized. Uh, second biggest city in Wales. Um, and I live down near the coast, so we've got a lot of coastal. So it's always rainy, always windy, well, which I really like. I, I, just want, I just wanted to say that it really sounds nice until you mentioned the part with the wind and the rain. So I'm ch- like changing my mind a bit. <laughs> In the, we do have nice summers. Uh, we just a very, very hot summer, and that you know it's very glorious there. And we have um, quite a few of the sort of um, sites of um, sort of heritage sites. You know, oh, where, that's really where, nice. Uh, preserved countryside and things like that. So it's, it's a really nice place. Are you asking Croatians to come and visit? Yeah, come visit Swansea. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and contact James. Yeah, he will be a wonderful host. I'll show you around. Yeah. <laughs> How long are you staying here for? Uh, four days. Okay, and what's in your itinerary? Um, well, um, I'm doing a few different um, podcasts and interviews with um, different journalists. This is not your only podcast, James. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know if the others are in podcast format. But, um, uh, so that I think they're um, interviews with a couple of um, newspapers. Okay, and, uh, that sounds some, better. Some magazines. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, this could be the only podcast. <laughs> And are you going back to Wales uh, or are you having a book tour uh, like I'm around going, the Europe? I'm going to Greece after this, um, to Athens and possibly Thessalonica, depending on the timing, um, to you know, go to some bookstores, do a, a similar thing in Greece. So a lot of nice places, right? Lovely, yeah. I've never been to Croatia and I've never been to Greece, so it's quite exciting for me. Um, if someone told you like a couple of years ago that you'll be here in this podcast or in Croatia promoting your book, would you believe him or her? I never. I've I've written for, well, since I was very small, I've written and created my own little books and things. And it was always my dream to have my book in like a, a proper bookshop, you know, like like your bookshop here, like that you could go in off the street and go, that's my book and it would be at the back in the corner but you could go and point at it and the idea of having like something like this is just more than I ever ever conceived of yeah and that's just in the corner I mean we have a lot of your books downstairs it's, it's, and yeah the my um, um, in our equivalent in the UK is called Waterstones I is, know oh it's it's really beautiful. I visited this year and I was like overwhelmed. I was there for a couple of hours. The beautiful bookshops and um, 
Uh, the one in Swansea, the whole window is full of my books. Still? And, yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah. No, not always. <laughs> no, but they're certainly proud and you're local, so yeah. it would be explainable. <laughs> it's just, gosh, you walk past and go, I, I, just, I just wanted one book in, on one shelf in one corner. That was all I wanted and that, that's... <laughs> so yeah, it's very, very, very. Yeah, maybe amazing. if you wanted like this, the the whole bookshop window, then you would get like a corner book. So <laughs> 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 it's always the opposite, I guess, of what you want. Yeah, yeah, pro you're probably right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how did the story with your books even start? Did you, you said that you always imagined having your book, but was it really your plan, or did you plan something else? I read something about you being a zoologist or something like that. Yeah, I'm. Although I always um, wrote and did art, um, what I actually wanted to do was be a zoologist because I, I love animals and I always wanted to s sort of uh, save and help animals. That was my, it still is something I absolutely love. Um, but it didn't really pan out um, for various reasons. Um, so then I carried on writing and I self-published my books um, and tried to sell my, my uh, drawings and paintings and things. And that sort of went okay. Um, it just about paid the bills, but I basically had no money for maybe 20 years. I, basically, I um, yeah, subsisted on very, very little. Um, <coughs> then I, um, I studied a spirituality because um, I was sort of having a rough time um, in my head, as it were. And so I thought, um, you know, if I, if I, if I found a book in a second-hand shop um, by the Dalai Lama, which, mm -hmm. which I read, and I thought, oh, that's a whole new way of looking at the world. So, um, anyway, I studied that for several years, and it had a huge impact on my life. I thought it was really good. I didn't really think much more of it. But then I worked for Samaritans. Do you have Samaritans? Um, yeah. I, I don't think we do, but I, I know uh, what it is. Mm -hmm. It's like, um, you, you um, listen to people on the phones who are having you know, a, a bad time, sort of like a, a crisis. Um, we have something like called a brave phone, but it's usually for children who are experiencing some kind of difficult time, whether it's violence in the family or mm. violence at school. But I don't think that there is an equivalent for grown-ups. That's exactly, yeah, it's for anyone who's struggling, suffering. It can be anything from if you can't pay your bills to you're thinking of taking your own life. Um, everything in between. As for children as well, anyone can call. And um, during that time, um, I thought that all the things that I had learned about mental health and how to sort of help yourself would be really valuable for the callers, but the Samaritans aren't allowed to give advice to the, to the callers, so you can't share any of this stuff with them. So instead I thought I'd start a little group, like a little spiritual group, but I didn't really have the, the wherewithal to do that and Covid came along so I definitely couldn't do it. So instead I started to draw these pictures because I thought well that's a good way to get the ideas out and I thought some of these ideas are quite complicated so I thought um, I spent quite a lot of time working out how to condense a, a quite a complex idea into a single image because um, I thought that would be more digestible to, to you know everyday people they could just see it on their phone and go oh I like that idea hmm. and then they can head off and find out a bit more about it if they wanted to or if it doesn't appeal to them fine move on um, and so I drew all these pictures um, I did like two or three every week and then they got really quite popular so I thought oh I'll make a, a little self-published book 
because I knew how to self-publish books. And um, I sold so many of them that I couldn't keep up with the postage. Mm. Um, so I wrote to an agency, um, Eve White in London, and they said, yeah, we'll help you. And so they put together a proposition and sent it to publishers, and they got some offers and accepted the, the deal. And then that publisher works with Croatian publishers, and so you end up with, with yes, this. So you're here. Um, did you try maybe to publish your books through an agent or a publisher, um, the books you've written prior uh, to these ones? Mm, yes, I did. I've written to a lot of agents in my time. And how did it go? <laughs> Terribly. <yeah. laughs> um, why, do you, why do you think that is? Um, I guess the other work I write is not it's not the same as this, it's science fiction, fantasy. Uh, yeah, I saw something with a, like an android or something like that, a, a robot. Yeah. I, I, and the cat. Yeah, 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 the cat, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wrote all sorts of stuff. I wrote like books for children and oh, like just about a huge scope of genres. I wrote and I do illustrated books and all that, but no one was ever interested. Most agents didn't write back and those that did just a generic standard response yeah. yeah thank you but no thank you um do you think that the quality of your book impressed them this time or do you think that it was uh, because you already had an established audience and like a lot of orders i think um it's a bit of both i think um it's the nature of the book um i, I guess be because i had these at the time maybe a hundred and 20,000 followers on Instagram so I think they the publishers already knew that there was a market for it which certainly helped um, so they didn't have to worry about whether people would like it or not and I think the um, I think the, co the content does speak to people quite a range of people as well not just certain certain types of people so I, I imagine hopefully the publisher the editor would have he would look through it and instantly connect if he's the right editor which the editor michael joseph dan he's he's awesome and he totally understands what i'm trying to do so that's that's fantastic yeah yeah with with this podcast I'm, i know that a lot of authors are watching it so i just um, i always want to convey the message that it's not only important to write the great book it's also the the whole package because a lot of publisher are publishers are asking for it like they are um, asking for some kind of marketing plan if you know any bloggers etc etc every publisher has its own structure when you're applying when you're sending them your manuscripts so yeah I think that a lot of people turn out disappointed because they th mm. they think that they have the the next great book and sometimes it just doesn't happen because there are a lot of manuscripts and you you have to have a, a, a bit of more than just uh, than just a book, which you thankfully had. I guess so. I mean, I wouldn't profess to know a great deal about uh, that kind of thing, but um, in my case, I think I was quite lucky because because you can open, particularly this book, you can open it on any page and understand instantly what the book is about. You can't really do that with a novel. You know, you just open it on page 312 no, and start reading. What the fuck is this? <laughs> this, is, this is for me. It, that's, that's not quite such a thing with a novel. So you can show that to, um, to somebody and, and they get it straight away. Um, and I think that's part of the appeal of it. And also, um, I think the existing following. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know how easy it would be for an... Um, if you just started writing your own book and 
you're like 30 pages in to have, um, you know, 50,000 followers mm -hmm. from your first 30 pages. I don't know how feasible that is, but you can from a book that's more like that because because it's not so story-based, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> of course. And also we have to speak a bit about um, the time frame, uh, when it all happened for you and the books, it was during the pandemic. Do you think mm. that that also influenced the success of your books? Um, I, pers I personally don't know because people say it did. Um, they, I think that it helped, but I think that the ideas that I try to... Um, to tackle and talk about their universal ideas that yeah, have been... Of course, it doesn't have to be a pandemic, right? No, they've yeah. been with us since we were, you know, for thousands of years. If you, you read old, um, well, the, like the Buddha, mm -hmm. who's supposed to be around 3,000 years old, talks about the same stuff. It, there's a lot of Buddhist influence in there. I, there hasn't been a pandemic for the last 3,000 years, <laughs> other than maybe a pandemic of human suffering. Or a plague or something like yeah. that. <laughs> So yeah, we, we um, I think we've always, as long as, as long as we've been able to think and get trapped in our own minds and things, we've had these, these problems. Um, so I th possibly people definitely did struggle more during COVID. Um, and so perhaps they were more looking to books that might help them. But I, I think it would have done all right if there hadn't been a pandemic. Okay. And what about the second uh, very important influence, the influence of social media. If this, if you've written and illustrated a book before Facebook, before Instagram, do you think that there would be a way for you to reach uh, this kind of audience? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, because I, I drew the first sort of picture and put it up, I didn't think anyone would like it. And I think I had three followers for the first few weeks or something. <laughs> your mom, yeah. your wife, <laughs> yeah, my, and my cat. an imaginary uh, profile <laughs> of your cat. Um, yeah, so I, I start, it started off slow, but I, I thought I'm gonna stick with it. So I'm, until do at least say 20 pictures and just do it for myself. And part, part of the reason I draw the pictures is, is for myself. So I'm gonna do them anyway. And the following grew and I went, oh, I've got like 500 followers. This is definitely worth doing. If there was no social media, how would you um, test the ideas? You know, I don't think I would have sat there, put together, say, 80 drawings and then sent them to an agent. I mm -hmm. simply wouldn't have done it. So, yeah, if it wasn't for social media, I don't think there would be a, a book. Yeah, you could always go like the old-fashioned way to print it out on a postcard or something and go around your town and dealing it to, to the people. That yeah. would have, yeah, that probably would have been quite successful, but that's not sort of, that wouldn't have been in my nature to do something like that, so I, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> I would have hidden in my house and hoped it worked. Ah. Which, <laughs> which is the way I always did. <laughs> and, and it doesn't work, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> um, what uh, what happened first or what was first the chicken or the egg are you first doing the drawings and then the text or vice versa uh, the text i always do the text first so i um the text is what takes me a long time to come up with because um, i have to come up with an idea which is often based on say if i have a negative feeling of some sort which i'm sure we all get these negative feelings you know daily and you go, hmm, that's interesting. But I've always been quite self-exploratory. So I would go, why do I feel like that? That's, that's wrong. Like, why am I nervous coming to a podcast? That doesn't make sense. 
Were you nervous coming to podcast? <laughs> no, no, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, I, thank for, you. for a change. <laughs> but um, I thought, okay, so say you're, you're nervous. Why am I nervous? That's really weird. So then maybe I think, oh, because I'm afraid of looking silly. And then I thought, well, who cares? So I thought, it doesn't matter if I look silly. You know, that's it's probably quite good for you to look silly. It will help to knock the corners off you. Absolutely. Well, just uh, imagine everyone's naked who is watching us. Yeah. <laughs> they say that it helps. So. Yeah. <laughs> And so I would explore this idea and eventually try and listen to the, my own wisdom, if you like, which I think we all do have a wisdom in us, you know, it's um, <clears throat> just be quiet and think, oh, okay. And then I would try and condense that whole um, concept into a couple of lines, a conversation between a panda and a dragon, which is a, a bit of a weird way to go about it. But um, once I've sort of got the basics of the conversation, I would then do the drawing and while I'm doing the drawing I would go back and tweak the words to try and make it as eloquent as I can manage and to try and make it um, so it has the broadest um, audience so that it's not just for um, so that most people can get something out of it so I realize that every picture is not for every person but I try to make it so that the majority of people can get something out of it if if they think about it uh, when did you first started drawing? Um, I think that I've read somewhere that you were self-taught, so you, you haven't studied it. <coughs> um, I did um, art at um, secondary school. Mm -hmm. um, you know, where you do like, I don't know, um, probably a total of 30 art classes over the year, but they were all just where you all sit around in a circle and draw a shoe. I don't know if you, <laughs> do you do that over here? I don't know. Yeah, I did. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider that really any kind of training. So yeah, uh, but my father was an artist, is an artist. Okay. Um, well, he didn't, um, wouldn't really do any formal teaching, but I was encouraged to sort of to draw since I was very small. So I used to draw uh, cartoons when I was little and animals. And so yeah, this is still almost cartoons and animals. So. <laughs> uh, was he maybe the first person you've sent your work or are you afraid of his criticism? <laughs> um, not afraid of... Um, his criticism as such, I don't tend to, uh, I wouldn't tend to share my pictures with my family because they wouldn't be my intended audience. <laughs> um, so uh, now I, I sort of, um, now I would just send it out into the, into the wild via the internet and hope no one was too cruel. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you have any cruel comments about your work? Yeah. Um, that's just the nature of people, isn't it? Some people just can't help themselves. But, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, um, I don't tend... I, I like to read and answer all the comments because the people are generally so positive and so kind and I want to talk to them. But then sometimes stuck in amongst the comments is something a bit less nice and it, it tends to sort of bother me a bit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't tend to read reviews. And yeah, I just wanted to say that it's better not to read them at no. all. <laughs> Are they, yeah, it's that weird thing, isn't it, where you know a hundred people can tell you something nice. If one person tells you something nasty, it, it goes around in your head. Uh, which is, you know, that would again be a subject that I would sit. Why is that? And <laughs> I would sit and dissect it and try and work out why we feel like that, and then I would try and draw something which would help. Uh, why panda and why a dragon? Um, I think, I th 
was, I'm not even sure it was a hugely conscious decision at the time. I think um, I always um, liked drawing goblins. <laughs> <laughs> that, that certainly resonates with panda or dragon. <laughs> but the, the goblins... <laughs> They're really similar. <laughs> they looked a little bit like the dragon. Okay. With the boggly eyes and the skinny and... Um, and then I think the panda because... Um, in a way, the, the panda's large and they're a very um, likeable animal. Um, not many people dislike panda bears, do they? So they're, they're sort of large and fluffy and they come across as very approachable. I mean, if you actually approach one in the wild, that might be dangerous. <laughs> but but they, um, they do come across as big, lovely things, uh, sort of gentle and playful. Um, so I think they're, they're sort of something reassuring about, about his presence. Um, and then the dragon, he's small and skinny and, and fun. And also he's sort of the opposite of what a dragon should be. A dragon should be huge and majestic and powerful and wise. And he's really small tiny. and skinny <laughs> and daft and naive. And so I think it provides a nice contrast. Also artistically, um, there's a massive contrast between the two characters. You're not going to mix them up. Um, and you can ride around on the panda, which is quite fun. <laughs> What's the main difference between them? <clears throat> um, I think the main difference is that the, the panda um, is slower. He's, he's, he's kind of more mindful, I guess. So, um, he's slow and thoughtful, and he's learnt how to listen to his inner wisdom, if you like, uh, as a dragon is all <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, charging around. Um, but I like to think he's got sort of beautiful childlike naivety about him. So, um, and he should never stop doing that. You, you know, you don't need to stop playing and stop being fun and daft and experimenting and getting things wrong. That's all really important. Um, so I, I guess that, yeah, those are the, those are the main differences, but the, you know, the dragon does listen to the panda and, <laughs> and also Eventually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and occasionally uh, the dragon helps the panda, which I, I like to, because, because I, I believe there's a deep wisdom in all of us. If we can, you know, be quiet and listen to it, as it were, I do occasionally make it so it's the dragon that's the wise one to sort of illustrate the fact that everyone has this kind of uh, wisdom in them if they can work out how to, how to hear it. I think that I already know the answer to this question, but I'll ask it anyway. Uh, which character resonates with you more? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question, actually, because um, the, the characters sort of are supposed to represent the two halves of my brain. <laughs> so, the, like I keep saying, <laughs> the panda's like the, the wisdom at the back that's quiet, and, and the dragon is um, the sort of front. If, I don't know why if they're really at the front, but that sort of <laughs> impulsive, ah, let's go and be stupid. <laughs> um, so, so um, there's a bit of you in both of them. Exactly, that's that's the whole idea. Is you, you know how we humans are great. We can have a conversation with ourselves, going, oh, "I should be doing this." Oh no, <laughs> and we can sit there locked in our own internal conversations. I mean, it's great when it's only internal. When you start speaking to yourself out <laughs> loud, that, that's when it's becoming an issue. <laughs> it, does. it happens more than you think, then. So yeah, that's exactly, um, that's exactly it. They're, the, they're almost like the two halves of my brain having a conversation with each other. So. <laughs> uh, 
you're here to promote the second book. I mean, the first and the second book, but the second book is a bit newer. It's called The Journey. Mm. Um, what's the basic difference between the first and the second one? What can the readers who like the first one get from the second one? Well, they're the same characters, uh, and they're in... Um, they're doing what they do best, sort of uh, walking, you know, through the wilderness and um, talking and sitting, drinking tea and all that sort of thing. Bickering, but maybe? Bickering? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's any bickering. No, not really. <laughs> but, um, so they, then the dragon really listens to the panda. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, um, yeah, the main difference is that the, the journey is a story, um, whereas the first book was a series of um, independent images. Mm -hmm and texts the second book is a story and the reason for that is because i think there is a lot of concepts that can't be covered in a single panel the 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 the, the conversation needs to be longer than sort of two sentences in order to convey what i'm trying to get across um, so yeah it's a it's a the entire book is one one long story so that that's the the basic difference I know that you were really influenced by Japan and I also read on your page that you would really like to visit Japan but at the point when you were writing the, the text for a web you haven't still. Did you manage to do it uh, in the meantime? And if not, why? <laughs> well, I um, am actually planning to go to Japan in the spring. Oh. It's so, the most lovely season to visit Japan, so I've heard. <laughs> yeah, they have, it's, um, it's at the, when the cherry blossoms, yeah. of course, yeah. So that would be, um, that's the plan at the moment, anyway. And I, um, I haven't um, spoken to them yet, but I would like to meet up with my Japanese publisher while I'm out there, because that would be uh, fantastic. I would really like to meet them. But yes, I've always wa I've wanted to go there since I can remember. So, uh, and now I have the chance, I will go. <laughs> Um, your book was your books were translated in more than 20 languages so far so is there a favorite one or is there a language you would like to your books to be translated into and it still haven't hasn't happened the Croatian one's my favorite <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering what you will say in Greece <laughs> I, I am um, I'll watch the podcast from there <laughs> I I am um, I was very flattered when um, Japan and China um, chose to translate it because the book takes a lot of influence from Japan and China and um, also it's um, got quite a lot of, um, there's a lot of the basics are based in Buddhism and um, so which is more prevalent over there and so I was a little bit worried that they would read it and sort of think, oh, who does he think he is? In a, like, so the fact that... Um, Sharing our wisdom yeah, by exactly. himself. Badly. Yeah. You know, this isn't, this isn't right. Oh. <laughs> and I, I sort of, I, you know, did feel a little bit that I, well, basically, when, the, when China and Japan and the, um, decided to um, publish it, I was, I was really flattered. With it. I thought that was fantastic. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's now on... 32 languages, the first one. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I have the wrong data then. Or maybe you haven't refreshed your page in a while. Uh, I could be guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, recently Hebrew, which was quite, quite exciting. Um, there are, um, 
I don't know, um, Japanese was the language I, I sort of really, really wanted it translated into. Um, is it from the back to front, like manga style or anime style? <laughs> it's not actually out yet. It, um, oh! No, they're still um, working on it. So it, I think it'll be out fairly soon, I believe. Um, Possibly but, in the spring of 2023. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I think it's not backwards. No, I th I've seen a... Um, a proof a PDF so mm -hmm. no, it's not backwards how um, much work do the publishers or the editors usually have with your books is it like a done project can they do something different with the covers or like this is it you've sent the, that to them and they just translate it and, and that's it um, I do you mean with the far, the not well, the, the UK publishers or the, the each and every publisher who published it uh, outside of the UK. All right. Um, like, does it look the same like the creation editions? You, yeah, your creation editions look um, pretty much identical. Okay. Except um, we don't have the um, publisher on the front there. Oh. Yeah. Um, other than that, they are absolutely identical. Um, although it's not required. The countries um, change the covers to reflect their audience. Mm -hmm. the, I particularly like the Taiwanese covers. They're really, really beautiful. Um, they're all black and white, and um, they use um, images from within the book. They've got completely different art. It's uh, almost unrecognizable. Most of the books do look roughly like this. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and, uh, um, I think um, Bulgaria, I think, has done a very different cover. Because they're each... They, um, they can choose, like, do you send um, more uh, examples of what they can put on the cover? They submit, generally, an idea to us, and we kind of, we do get to have a say. If we, if we really don't like it, we can say we really don't like it, and they will change. But, you know, we have to have faith that the um, editor in the country yeah. knows their audience and will, you know, make a, a good judgment, so... Um, do you have um, a publisher in your home country, or are you still self-published? Oh, in in the UK, no, we're yeah. with uh, Michael Joseph, which is a uh -huh, yeah. division of Penguin. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, they're a great publisher. They're so you don't have to do any everything by yourself anymore, right? I don't. I just do the pictures now. I do the um, the illustrations and the text, and I lay it all out. The way you know, so it's uh, I provide them with a, a PDF, pretty much of um, the book exactly how I would like it to be, mm -hmm. and then the editor obviously goes through and he says, "Well, I wonder if this text might work better under here." And they tweak it slightly, but pretty much th what you see is exactly what I send them, um, and um, you know, and then they have um, they tend to choose the covers. Um, was it hard being self-published for the time being? Um, me self-publishing this book? Yeah. Um, it didn't last very long um, because it sold so fast um, that I, I was so overwhelmed that I, I only think I sold books for about maybe a, a month or six weeks. Well, that's really not long. Yeah, and then I, I contacted... Um, then the agent said to me that we've got um, some offers, and then I, you know, immediately had to sort of take the books down for set off sale. So they're quite rare, the original ones. They're these little black and white books about that big. Um, Hardcover or 
Yeah, hardcover, okay. black and white. Um, they're smaller than that. There was much less pictures. I still got a box of um, a box of them in my loft. <laughs> Maybe it will sell on uh, Sotheby's auction. You never know. <laughs> once, <Yeah. laughs> um, but something that people can buy from your website um, are the postcards and the calendars you're making for yourself. Yeah, I, d I, I had to stop making the calendars. <laughs> you really need to refresh your page. <laughs> there are still calendars on my website. I, I think that there are. I mean, that's the first I've heard of them when I was checking out your page. Maybe, yeah, maybe you've written that you made them, but they're not available to, Possibly, to buy. Because yeah. I know that I was actually um, looking at the postcards and there were a price on them. And I think that... I also saw the price for the calendars, like maybe four pounds, something like that. No, the, ca the calendar I, I made in, I think, 2021. Well, we'll check after the I podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, if, it's, if it's there, it's... No, I don't it's, know. It's, <laughs> because, it's not right. <laughs> because I just spent so long. Uh, I mean, uh, the calendars I saw were the first thing I ever made. When the Instagram started to get popular, I thought, oh, gosh, I could maybe, you know, supplement my income and, and make some calendars so I thought um, I thought oh I wonder how many I should order should I order 20 or 40 and then I thought oh I'll, I'll go big and order 40 and sold them in like three days <laughs> oh okay and anyway I ended up spending all day posting calendars that's all I did I didn't have any time to draw so I stopped selling the calendars um, um. and the postcards um, that was the same thing I went back when I was I just had the Instagram I thought, oh, maybe I could make postcards. So I ordered um, quite a lot of postcards <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was sending them out. And um, basically, I've still got some left. Not, not many, but I don't want boxes of postcards at home. So I still sell them, but they will um, pretty much be gone in, in a month or so. I've got almost none of them left. So. Did you ever think about some other merchandise like T-shirts or bags? I, or do you have people that are thinking about that <laughs> there are there are actually i've had inquiries over the last few months for from companies wanting to do some merchandising i haven't done it myself um really i i, I don't particularly know why i'm not very commercially minded <laughs> um, so i think i've i just um i just draw draw the pictures <laughs> I just you just want to be left alone with your books. I just fo books. focus on the books. Um, it's it's an awkward thing because you have to do really drop shipping. You, that's where you don't handle anything. It goes straight to an, another mm -hmm. company who sends them out, which I did look into. But then when I got the samples back, the samples weren't very good. And I, I don't want people to have substandard things. Yeah. So I, I sort of got a bit fed up um, trying to find a good company that would be reliable and would do everything and um, so I thought oh, I'll just carry on drawing the books, <laughs> drawing the pictures. Um, just, uh, I will backtrack a bit on the translation bit. I mm. don't know if the girls from uh, Publishing House still told you that but the first book was translated by a relatively famous Croatian um, actor, Slavko Sobin. Um, do you think that it may be influenced the sales in, in Croatia a bit or um, do, you, do you get the information from other countries who translated your books and why? Okay. No, that's... And did you know this information prior no, to I, me telling you? I, the, 
lovely lady downstairs did tell me about, um, I don't know, 25 minutes ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, um, and my first thought was that I would really like to, um, not, not because the person is famous, but I would just really like to meet the person just to discuss, um, you know, the, the process of the translation because um, I pick the words really carefully. So, and I'm sure because of the success, he's obviously, is it a he or a she? Sorry. He. he. Slavko. Oh, because um, <laughs> the book is doing well. So obviously he's done a beautiful job of translating it. Um, but English is known to be, um, have a huge variety of words in it as a language, like one of the broadest languages in the world. So I always wonder what happens when you have a language with a smaller number of words, how you convey the subtleties. Mm. Um, but obviously he has, because, you know, it's, it's, he's done yeah, a great there, job. Yeah, there were no, no complaints, and you would be happy to hear that he's really an uh, animal lover, so oh. maybe uh, you resonated on, on well, that I'd, level. Uh, I'd, I'd love to, um, I don't know. If maybe he'll come to the book promotion, I will ask the girls after I have, this. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, if, um, maybe if I go through, um, through the publisher, maybe they can give me an email Connect and you. I can yeah. write, write to him and thank him. Or what did you do with my book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, something good, I, I guess. But yeah, I'd just be interested to, to hear about it because, yeah, I, I don't actually get a lot of um, feedback at all, really. Um, <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that sounds sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I am really interested in it all, but I don't tend to, to hear very much at all. Some, some publishers, um, very... Um, they send back a lot of information. They send photographs of uh, bookshops and mm -hmm. oh, look what we've done here. And other publishers are here absolutely nothing from. Which I'm not saying I should. I mean, they're they're busy doing their work and mm -hmm. everything. But um, it's nice. I do, I do like to to see these things. They're, they're really not. But maybe they don't want to bother me. I, I don't know. But yeah. Well, in my experience with the publishers and foreign authors, um, our publishers are really really serious about it and they tend to get mad if someone outside their uh, publishing house contacts the author because they're always telling us they're super swamped, don't do that, we have to go through an agent, they oh. didn't, can't reply and yeah, so it's like a big no-no. Oh no, I reply to everybody, I, uh, anyone who writes to me I reply to. Are you sure you want to <laughs> say it aloud? Because <laughs> maybe you'll get like thousands of messages from Croatian fans. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. I, um, Okay, I'm, so I'm people contact James on his Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> is this your job now, like uh, from nine to five? Are you a professional author and illustrator now? Yeah, okay. yeah. I I have always been actually, but I've just not been paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I I I. No, it's what, uh, I, um, art and art and writing is what I've done since I was about. Uh, well, since I left university, but. Um, I've always been terrible at marketing, so um, I've always been incredibly unsuccessful because I never effectively get my work out there in front of anybody. I sort of put it up on on my website or something and expect people to naturally find it and and buy it, and that just doesn't happen. So I've, um, but yeah, now I now I actually get paid, which is quite nice. <laughs> and visit Croatia and yeah. Greece. <laughs> in Japan in the, in the spring. Um, the question most authors don't really like is always 
what happens next or are you planning another book what are your plans where do you see yourself in five years <laughs> um i've one of the problems with the sort of work that i do is because it's um sort of based in um if you like spiritual concepts of spirituality um i kind of think to some degree there's a finite um body of useful information um so i don't want to rehash it if if that makes sense and and drag it out mm -hmm. and, and like the tv shows that have eight or so seasons yeah and they yeah. get thinner and thinner and weaker and weaker i don't want to be in that position mm -hmm. um as long as i have um i'm working on something at the moment which i think is um very solid very valuable and uh good good stuff that will genuinely help people um when i've finished that i'll you know um, sit and think and go about my my life and everything and if i naturally an idea comes to me that i think actually that's that's a good idea then i'll do something else and if i can't think of one i won't produce something just to write another book i, I would hate to write a week book that people thought oh yeah he's just you know doing it yeah. for the money yeah I, I would that would be awful I would hate that so um, I, th I feel there's a few more ideas um, that are really worth doing but I, I don't know how many <laughs> uh, is there something that you would like to tell young authors or illustrators who are maybe um, worried or sad that their work isn't getting any recognition? Um, Some wisdom from, uh, wisdom. from, from the pandemic. I'm sure I dispense wisdom. <laughs> I've got a coin in my head. <laughs> um, I, I can only speak from my personal experience, so I, I don't know how useful that would be to other people. Um, I mean, it seems useful, so. <laughs> I, I always, I, I stuck at it like for years and years and years despite like never really getting anywhere um that's that's one thing i i could say to my credit that i was persistent you know <laughs> i uh i just kept going i kept trying different things i didn't um you know i've, I've done graphic novels and science fiction and fantasy and all oh, tons and tons of different things um even lego animation movies I used oh. to make. yeah <laughs> you can see them online um, but um yeah all sorts of things i tried um and eventually one thing i tried worked um so you know I th you could probably take something away from that um i think a really good piece of advice is for me is that we each of us is like a unique person and i think i heard somebody say sometime um is to like sing a song that only you can sing hmm. or something like that because you know your experiences your voice your life what you're into is totally different to mine we will sing a different song you shouldn't try and sing my song and i shouldn't try and sing your song and that unique blend of weird you-ness is what creates your special thing and that's not going to be like anyone else's thing hopefully um and it's very tempting to try and copy somebody else's thing um, because you see it's successful or whatever. Um, so that, that's something I think is quite valid. Okay, thank you for this great message and thank you for this whole conversation. Oh.
I'm really looking forward to your book promotion, which is happening also today, the day we're filming. And I hope that you'll enjoy your stay. And I hope you'll like Croatia better than Greece. <laughs> <laughs> and that Japan will be everything you dreamt of. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. And thanks for the, for the opportunity and for talking to me. Thank you.